Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. We are wanderers, explorers, travelers, roaming the earth field by field, moment by moment, seeking, searching, longing, desperately wanting those we encounter to know what we know to experience what we've experienced. A life change so beautiful, a grace so sufficient, a mercy so unfathomable that we can't possibly keep it to ourselves. This is our mission. This is our purpose. To pursue the calling of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Will you answer that call? The call to wander? The call to search? The call to walk? The field? Church family, I'm going to invite you this morning to turn with me uh, in, in your copy of Scripture to First Peter. First Peter, uh, if you if you're a U version Bible app user, uh, we have an event set up there. You can turn there, or, or in, in your copy of Scripture, we're going to be in First Peter this morning, uh, chapter three. Who who is who is Peter? Well, f- for one, he's a man that walked on water, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> but but he was a disciple, a follower of Jesus. We, we talked about last week. Uh, just the intimacy of that relationship of these who followed, who apprenticed under Jesus. And Peter was one, and he's known for some really cool things, and he's probably known for some not-so-great things. Uh, he, he's known for denying Jesus three times um, it, as, as Jesus was going to the cross. He, he's, he's known for his boldness, some good things, as he followed after Jesus. And now, and now after the death and resurrection of Jesus, uh, Peter's forgiven, and he's redeemed. And now he's at the forefront of the church. And today we're going to read some of his words as we end and close out our series. Our series called The Unchurched Neighbor. Today we're going we're gonna to hear from Peter, his words, this man who was transformed because of what he experienced through the life and ministry, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And he's going to speak powerfully today to our theme. Our theme for today's teaching. We're celebrating some kids. We're celebrating some students. We celebrated some teachers. Our theme today is teaching in 1 Peter 3. We're only going to look at a couple verses, but this speaks to our theme. So, so join me now, uh, chapter 3, verse 13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But... 
even if you should suffer for what is right, you're blessed. <laughs> Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. We talked last week about serving. Peter's kind of saying that. If you're anxious, willing to serve, man, who, who, who in their right mind is going to harm you for being so eager to do well? But, but even if they do, even in your serving others, serving those that are not like you, serving those that don't believe what you believe, serving those that you may even consider your enemy, even, even if you experience harm, man, you're, you're blessed. You're blessed. And now, and now, he is going to give us like a master class, <laughs> our master class in our topic for this morning. So uh, here we are, verse 15. This is really going to be the focus of our time and attention this morning. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I just want to read that one verse again, okay? Verse 15, 1 Peter 3. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This, this is the word of the Lord for us together. So, so look back with me. Okay, this is really, really good. So I'm going to go back into verse 15, one piece at a time. Uh, join me, because again, what the topic for today is teaching, that we're called as believers in Christ to teach, to share, to speak to others about Jesus, about the difference he's made in our lives. So don't take my word for it. Look now at what Peter, who again, who experienced firsthand all that Jesus said and all that Jesus did in his death, in his resurrection. Look at what he speaks now to these believers. Uh, he says this, be prepared, be prepared. You may want to underline that in your scripture. I think this is really good. See, for Peter, you should always be thinking and praying about your story. You should always be thinking and praying about what it is that Jesus has done in your life because you're always prepared. It's not something that's on the back burner. It's not something that in a moment of panic, you've got to dust off. No, you're always prepared because you're always mindful you're praying, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, and God's speaking and moving in your heart, so, so you're, you're prepared always. What, what does he say next? Look at this, give an answer. Look, that's important, and I, 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 so many times I've read this, but think about that. That implies a discussion, doesn't it? A conversation. It's not, I'm going to beat you over the head with this thing, and you're going to receive it. No, 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 no. This is a conversation, this, I'm going I'm to take time to listen, and then I'm going to give an answer to your response, right? This is a dialogue. Man, I hit that really hard. Sorry if that scared you, right? right? But this is a discussion, not a one-way lecture. Next, what does he say? The hope that you have. This is your hope. This is personal. This is not just some thing. It's not just my parents' faith. It's not just, I know that the Bible says that, but no, this is also personal. It's you making God's truth personal in your life. It's your hope, birthed from your story, right? And as a side note, because this is centered in hope, probably the first thing you're not going to say is hell, right? That's probably not what you're going to lead with because you're leading with hope. That's, that's what Peter instructs us. Speak about the hope you have. Speak the truth. Speak, share about the hope. Finally, look at what he does. He admonishes to do this with gentleness and respect. 
I hope as believers in Christ, we wouldn't need that reminder, but apparently Peter says we do. We need to be reminded that as we're prepared and as we're sharing the hope that we have and as we're giving an answer, oh, do it gently. Do it humbly. Do it respectfully. Not hammering the other person. Not seeking, we've talked about this in our series, right? Not seeking to be right all the time. But instead, share the hope. Share the truth. But do so gently and with respect. Even if you don't agree with them. Even if you don't agree on their opinions and their lifestyle. You share the hope that you have with gentleness and respect. One of the greatest misconceptions that we have, one of the greatest misconceptions is that only certain people, only certain people can do that. Only certain people can talk to others about Jesus. Only certain people can share their faith. Only like the extroverted people, right? You know those people. You can see them in the room today. They were way too happy to greet people and they're talking to, so the service started and you're like, let's get this thing going. And they're like buzzing around. You know, those people, it's their job. Or the Bible expert, you know, the people that know so much about Scripture. Not you, right? You're not an expert like them, so, so it's not your call, right? Or, or the pastors. That's what they get paid to do, by the way. So let, they can do it. <laughs> I'm off the hook. And I'm, I'm just here to tell you today, according to Peter, it's all of our jobs. And how do we know that? Because Peter, something unique about him is he's writing not just to the Jews. Jews were God's chosen people. And out of, out of their Jewish descent, that's, that's where we get Jesus. And so we understand that a lot of the New Testament is framed through uh, addressing the Jews, the Jewish people. But Peter doesn't do that. He speaks to Jews and Gentiles. He really speaks to us today. We're included in that, right? And so what Peter is saying, all, all of you, not just the pastors, not just the extroverted, not just the church board and the life group leaders, not just the Jews, God's chosen people. No, no, no. It's everyone's job. It's everyone's call to give an answer for the hope that you have and to do so with gentleness and respect. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that that's really, I mean, don't take my word for it, right? As Peter says that we are all called to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have with gentleness and respect. Don't take my word for it. In fact, don't even just take Peter's word for it because Jesus himself, Jesus himself spoke. Uh, think about this. In Matthew 28, it's one of the final times, right, before he, he, he's resurrected. You can see the scars in his hand. Jesus, how did you do that? You overcame death. You're alive. We can't believe it. He appears to his disciples one more time, and he gives them this final instruction, this final pep talk, this commission. We know it now as the Great Commission. You may be familiar with it, right? It's on the screen behind me, but then this is what it says. Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's a pretty bold claim, isn't it? But they had seen that claim lived out. What is he saying? He's like, I've got the power. I've got the power of heaven. I've got the power on earth. But they just saw him overcame death. So they're like, you're right, you do. So he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, because of that, because, because I've gotten this authority and this power, therefore, go. I'm sending you, Jesus says, to do what? To make disciples of all nations. Everyone's included in that, aren't they? Everyone is included in that. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I am with you always 
to the very end of the age. Jesus' final instructions, go and make disciples, baptize them, teach them what I've commanded. Teach them what I have commanded. And in case that feels like too much, because to some of us today, it does. We're like, teachers, they're the teachers, not me. I didn't stand earlier when we said teachers. I'm not a teacher, right? I get it. We get all sweaty and claiming, but, but look at what Jesus says. He says, I am with you. That wasn't just a promise to those 11 disciples gathered there with him. That, that's a promise that we can claim in faith today that he's with us. He's called us to do, no, he's commissioned us to do this and he's given us his power. We keep reading and we learn in Acts the power of his spirit living in us. I was thinking this week as I read those words, I'm really glad, I don't know about you, I'm really glad that the disciples took Jesus' words literally. They didn't just say, well, that was a good idea. I hope someone listens. I'm not really a teacher. I'm more of a prayer. You know, I kind of pray and I sit back and I let other people do the teaching. But I'm glad the disciples didn't do that because, you know, we wouldn't be here today, would we? We wouldn't. If these 11 disciples just kind of said, well, I'm, kind of, I'm more of a sidelines prayer. I don't really want to, I don't want to do that. The message of Jesus wouldn't have been shared, and the church wouldn't have been born through the power of the Holy Spirit. But these disciples had the audacity that Jesus actually meant what he said, and that what Jesus was commissioning them to do, he really was calling them to do. And they had the audacity to act and believe that his power was available to them. And they had the audacity to believe, even though they were normal, everyday, ordinary people, God could use them in what happened the world. Our lives today have been transformed because of the obedience of those who responded to the Great Commission. So through God's power, what did they do? They, they started teaching, and they kept teaching. They, they would teach their friends and their family. They would teach their neighbors. They would teach their loved ones. They would teach the Jews. They would teach the Gentiles. They would teach those that they liked. They would teach people they didn't. And because of that, the church of Jesus Christ was born. Here's the bottom line, the truth for us today. It's so, so simple, yet so easy for us to get wrong. That the truth is that disciples make disciples. In Jesus' words, according to Jesus, and I, I, that matters to me. I hope it matters to you. According to Jesus, if you are a disciple, if you claim to follow him and put your faith and trust in him, then you're called to make disciples. You're called to help others put their faith and trust in him. The bottom line in Jesus' words, that disciples make disciples. It's so simple. If, if you claim Jesus is Lord of your life, you're called. You're called. All of us are called. You see, we began our series talking about uh, the importance of understanding. That's where our series began. That if we, and we as a church, we have a mission that calls us to bring hope to others through Jesus Christ. That's why Kids Harbor exists. We just celebrated that, right? We believe and we're passionate about bringing hope to others through the person of Jesus Christ. But that gets, that's hard to do sometimes. And it's a little confusing in the year 2022. What does that look like? And so we've been on a very intentional journey about how do we do that? How do we do that with the people in our neighborhood that are different than us? How do we do that with our coworker who wants nothing to do with Jesus or the church? How do we do that with our family members? And, and family is messy and hard and complicated, right? How do we do that? And so we began this series, and we talked about we must begin with understanding. That if you don't have a heart 
to understand the people around you who are different than you. You may even consider them your enemies. They're not, but that's how it feels in your heart. That we have to begin there because that's how Jesus ministered. Jesus, the woman at the well, he encountered her. And she was transformed because she said, this man understands. He knows everything I've ever done. And yet he loves me. And so the people in your life, in your neighborhood, that you work alongside, in your family, we begin by saying, Lord, help me understand. Help me understand their hurt. Help me understand their brokenness. Help me understand why there's this anger, this bitterness, this resentment towards me or the church. And then, then what? We, we, now, now we, we, we start with praying. We always start with praying. You understand that. But after we begin the process of saying, Lord, help me understand, then we commit and say, Lord, I'm going to pray. And here's what happens as we pray. God works and God moves. Prayer is powerful. Things happen when we pray. God's power is at work in and through us. That's the promise of scripture that then we are in right relationship, the righteous, right? God's prayers are powerful and effective. And so things happen as I pray, but things happen in me as I pray. And I begin, God gives me a new heart for the people, a new burden. People that I once could just walk by and not pay attention to. Now my heart's broken. Now I'm hurting for the things that breaks God's heart because I've been praying. And he begins to raise my spiritual temperature for people around me that are lost and hurting and broken. Maybe I've been a little apathetic. Maybe I've been a little prideful. And as I pray, God works in me and through me as I pray. And last week we talked about serving, serving. Serving is so critical and maybe some of us have been praying, Lord, give me that opportunity, give me that opportunity. I wanna see, but, but, but maybe the opportunity we really need to be praying for is to serve them first. And so many of us in this room last week made a commitment and said, Lord, I'm gonna take up the towel in the basin, I'm gonna wash feet, I'm gonna serve the people in my life. Even the ones I don't like, I'm gonna serve them, Lord. And I'm going to trust you. And then today, today we arrive finally at, at teaching. Because everything up there that we've said is true. But yet, until we get to this last week, it's incomplete, right? If we, if we do all of those things, we, we understand and we pray and we serve. But we never take the opportunity to actually say, Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus is the hope in my life. He's the only hope I have in uncertain times. If we don't take the opportunity to actually speak, the word gospel literally means good news. If we don't take the opportunity to actually share the good news, then we, we fail to truly teach them about the transforming power of God. We haven't really obeyed. See, the call is to teach, proclaim, share. Yes, speak. Speak his truth. Can I be really honest with you this morning? I am not always good at this part. That's, you know, oh, wait, what do we pay you for, pastor? I thought you're a professional. No, listen, listen. I'm not, I'm not always good at this part. My execution is, I remember I was in high school, and um, high school was a really formative time in my life. It's a time where I, you know, I, I really had to search for what was this, is this faith real in my heart? Is it just something my mom and dad taught me? Is it, but uh, I remember my junior year, um, I, I, I was following Christ and he was, he was giving me hope and I was involved in things at school and I had friends and I was involved in some youth group stuff and some school stuff. And so I remember kind of in the rhythm of high school, 
everyone would kind of arrive, and people that arrived early, they would sit in the commons for a few minutes until the bell rang and you could go to school. So I had this friend group of kind of 50 to 20 random people that would all kind of sit in one general location. And depending on who was there, what morning you'd interact. And so I was there. I remember this so vividly. I was there one morning. And I, I, was, I was hearing this. I was hearing Jesus' words. And I was becoming convicted as like a 16-year-old teenage boy that I, I needed to share. Because God had given me hope. And I, you know, I'd been listening, and I, I guess that includes me. And so I remember the morning that I was sitting there, and several of my other friends had kind of left, and I looked across the table, and I could just tell one of my friends was really struggling. Her parents were going through a really messy divorce. And I just, I fe- I'm just telling you, I felt convicted in that moment. I got to say something. I got, I got to share something. She's so, I, I got to do something. And, and I just remember, it felt like the circuit, several people had kind of walked away, and there was a lot of people around, but yet I, I could just, and I just, all I did was, I just said, hey, I, I know some of the stuff that's been going on. Would you, would you like to come to youth group this week? Some of our friends are coming. And she didn't look at me. Her head was down, and again, there's people everywhere, and and I can just see her shoulders start to shake, and I can see tears start coming down her face. And she doesn't look at me as these tears are crying, and, and she's embarrassed that she's crying, and I'm pretty embarrassed that I made her cry. She just grabs her stuff, and she walks away and leaves and doesn't say a single word to me. And the biggest thought in my head was, you idiot, what did you just do? You just made her cry. She didn't even talk to you. She just left. And I, I feel stupid. She feels embarrassed. And I thought, man, I, I just blew it. <laughs> Clearly, I, I don't know what gift I'm supposed to have, God, but I don't have it. And I share with that story with you because I think a lot of us in this room could probably relate to that. Maybe you've experienced that, but maybe that's your horror story. And I just expressed it. And you're like, wow, good. I'm never doing that. Thanks for telling me that story. <laughs> but I tell you that for two reasons today. First... I tell you that story uh, because, because if you've experienced that, you're not alone. And if, you've, if you're, uh, you hear messages like this and you're like, I could never do that, you're not alone because there's people sitting right next to you and in front of you and behind you that feel that way too. They're terrified of rejection. They're terrified, I don't, want, I don't know what to say in that moment. So if that's you and you think God couldn't, I, I promise you, you're in really good company today because I've been there quite literally. But I actually tell you that story for a whole nother reason today. Several years later, I graduated from high school, and I, I came home for my first summer after college and was working a miserable job out in the heat and doing all that, but uh, a couple times that summer, I'd get together with a few high school friends and just find out who's doing what, and I remember I was together with a couple of my buddies that um, we had been in, in youth group together. They had gone to school with me, and so we had some common friend groups, and we were just talking and hanging out, and they started to, they started to ask me, hey, hey, have you heard about... My friend, the one I made cry in 11th grade in the middle of the commons. I said, no, we weren't really that close. We hadn't kept in touch. And they started to share stories that her life, her life after high school had begun to drastically change. She had gone uh, to a nearby school and university and she'd gotten plugged into some campus ministries there because somebody else also had the courage to share. And, and God was doing real work in their life. And they were like, man, you wouldn't believe it. But she's like, she loves Jesus, man. And she's, she's serving him, and you wouldn't believe the difference in her life. And I'm here to tell you, I, I, I never got to talk with her about that experience. I don't really know that I had anything to do with that, but I tell you that story 
Because in that moment, as a sweaty, awkward sixth grade, or 16-year-old, I felt like a sixth grader, 16-year-old, and I felt like I fumbled it and I did it all wrong. Do you know what my job was in that moment? My job was to be obedient. And I did it. And I still probably did it wrong. And I still probably, but my goal in that moment was, Lord, you, you, I felt like you asked me to do this and I did it. And I don't, I'm not in control of what happens next, right? I'm, I'm not in charge of what happens as I share hope with others. What God does with that is up to him. It's not really up to me. And so I, I don't know. I'm not here to take credit for that. But God used that story in my life to just remind me that, Adrian, when you're obedient to me, that's all that matters. And if I, if I had never heard that story, it would still be true. That our obedience matters, and we don't get to see. We don't get to see often what's on the other side of our yes. Sometimes God allows us to see it, and it's beautiful and good, but sometimes we're called to share with gentleness, with respect, in love, to share hope with others, and we don't know what God's going to do with that, except he's called us to do it, and we're going to obey, and we're going to trust him, and we're going to believe, just like my friend there in high school, that maybe God might use that seed to plant other seeds that one day may lead her to finding faith and hope in Jesus Christ. I imagine there are some of us here today. You've tried talking to a neighbor. Uh, maybe you feel like you failed. Maybe it didn't, like me, it didn't go very well. <laughs> maybe they left crying. Maybe you left crying. Maybe I, I don't know how it worked. Maybe some today you're praying for the courage to obey and you're listening to stories like that. And you're like, ugh. I don't know, but I want to encourage you to say that that teaching, proclaiming, sharing with others the truth of what Jesus has done, what he's doing, we are all called every single time, and what God does in and through your obedience is totally up to him. Maybe that sounds discouraging to you, but I think it can bring you a lot of hope that what God does in and through your obedience is totally up to him. Sometimes we don't even know, we don't even get to see, but you, you were really doing it for him anyway, weren't you? Because he gave you the opportunity and you were obedient. So how do you do it? Ha. There's a lot of ways. There's no magic formula. It's not you do this and this and the answer is not that. But, but I, I'm not a good teacher. There's good teachers in the room. But I want to suggest to you one way today. Not the way, right? right? I mean, Jesus is the way, okay? But, but one method, one way that, that you can use. Today, maybe you're, you're tracking, you're saying, okay, Okay, Lord, you're calling me, but I don't know how I could ever in a million years do that. I want to just suggest one way that I find to be really helpful. We have an incredible ministry here on Monday nights called Celebrate Recovery. It's another way that we serve. It's a great way that we bring hope into the lives of others. But the thing about Celebrate Recovery that's so great is part of the healing process of Celebrate Recovery, which is a journey for people who have hurts and habits and hangups. Part of their journey is learning to share their story well. And so they do a really good job of teaching everyone that comes through Celebrate Recovery how to share their story. Whether they actually share it out loud or not is up to them, but they teach every single person. And so I, I love that. I, I looked this week at their model, and I wanted to share it with you because I think it's really helpful. And so walk with me for just a minute through this. It's in three parts. See, you begin with really the old me. The beauty of this, what I'm about to share with you, is it's all rooted in your story. And the beauty of that is because you know your story. And you know what God's done in your story. And that's personal. It makes it personal. It's applying God's truth to your story. And so you're not trying to give every theological argument. You're not trying to preach a 10-point sermon. You're just saying, let me tell you about my story and what God's done. 
in and through my story. So you begin with the old me. This is Celebrate Recovery, right? They talk about the old me. What was the most important difference in your life before you came to Christ? For me, for me, I would say I grew up knowing Jesus. I experienced a relationship with him, but I had a crisis of faith in my teenage years where I doubted him. I was angry at God. I was bitter at him, and I struggled to believe that he could really be good in my life. That was the old me. See what I did there? That was like two sentences. Next, next, through Celebrate Recovery, what do they do? They teach you what God did. What did God do in your story? What did God do? So so there, we're talking about how did you come to believe in Jesus? What's the most important truth? Because again, this is gospel-based. It's not just about our story. But what's the most important truth of the gospel that became real to you? I would say that God revealed to me in my most broken and vulnerable time that he did love me, that he did have a plan for me, that I could trust him, not just with my todays, but with my tomorrow, because Jesus gave his life for me. I could believe that my life mattered and my life had purpose. And so I trusted him and I believe that there's nothing too hard for him, nothing too hard in my life that he can't overcome. That's what God did. Finally, and I'm being overly simple here, but I'm just walking us through it, right? Finally, what do we do? We talk about the new me. (laughs) What, what, What difference? How are you different? Not how are you perfect? Not how is it all, everything's working great, all that. No, no, but how are you different because of what God did? How has God restored you? On my journey, I would say that as I said yes to God, every single time I said yes to him, uh, step by step, he gave me passion to serve others. God gave me, part of my story that knew me is God gave me passion to serve others in the way that people serve me. When I was broken and when I was doubting and when I was angry at God, God used people in my life. And so God gave me a passion to be one of those people for someone else. And I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how that would go. But every single time he would, I would just say a small yes to him. And every single time he would lead me one step at a time. And that's why I'm here today. That's why I'm a pastor. That's why I do what I do. Because I want to be a part of being what someone was for me when I was broken and hopeless. That's my story. (laughs) Did I get everything in there? No, no. But in, in two minutes, three minutes, I can share my story, the old me, and what God did. And the new me. How many of you today, uh, you don't need to raise your hands, but how many of you today, you believe in Jesus? You're experiencing new life in Christ because someone told you. Someone told you. Someone invited you. They did, uh, somebody took time to understand you. Someone took time to pray for you. Someone took time to serve you. But then somebody told you. And maybe you didn't know. And maybe no one had ever told you. Maybe a hundred people told you before it finally stuck, but somewhere along your journey, somebody told you. And it's the reason you're here today. So who is it that you are called to tell? Who is it that you're called to share this hope that you have in Christ? Joe and and Reese are going to come back and they're going to help us as we close today, I want to invite you uh, all around the room. Would you help me? Would you, would you just bow your heads for a minute and remove distraction? Because I think that this is a message where we can get a little bit distracted. And so today, I, I would love, as best we can, to spend just a minute talking to the Lord and not being distracted. 
The truth is today, I don't know what hangs in the balance of your obedience, and you don't either, but it doesn't really matter. And what I mean by that is, all that matters is that you obey and let God do through your obedience what he can do. That conversation, it's really not about you. It's really just about you being obedient and saying, God, I, I obeyed. Would you work? I, I planted the seed. I, I sowed the seeds. That's the story Jesus said. He talked about the seed being sown. And so today there's a battle in some of our hearts, right? We want, we want to settle for a gospel that's safe and easy and we get to sit on the sidelines and we get to opt out of the things that we don't really like, but, but we can't claim faith in Jesus and opt out of his great commission. His final commission, his final words, his final instructions. We can't say, I love you, Jesus. I trust you, but I'm not gonna do that. And so today, uh, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just wanna pray for you. And today specifically, I just think there are some of us in the room that we might wanna respond right in your seat. You don't need to get up. You don't need to do anything. But sometimes when I sense God is speaking to me, I want to obey. I want to take a posture of obedience. And so here's what I'm gonna invite you to do. In a minute, we're gonna sing. But before we do that, in this moment of being still and quiet, right there at your seat, if you just sense God speaking to you, if you sense God is, is awakening a deeper passion and desire to share hope with others, if you're convicted today, not ashamed, but maybe convicted that there's someone in your life that you need to speak hope over their life, you, you need to tell them your story. If that's you today, the tendency would be to explain that away or to move on with your day and kind of forget that. But we're not going to do that this morning because it matters too much. So if that's you right now, I'm going to ask you to join me in a posture. I'm going to kneel. And I know not everybody's into kneeling. That's okay. You may not be physically able, but to me, this is what kneeling is. It's not some traditional ritual thing. It's really just a posture of humility. It's a posture of obedience. It's a posture of surrender. And so today, I, I, I feel led. You may not, but I feel led as we're praying to just kneel. Maybe you would want to kneel right at your seat today. And that's really not about anyone around you, but it is about saying, God, I want to obey you. God, I hear your voice and I'm not, I'm not going to just move on. I'm not going to just busy myself. I'm not going to just explain it away. I, I, I care too much about hopeless people in my life. I care too much about people that are hurting around me to just forget this and move on. I, I want to obey you. And so if that's you today, I just want to invite you right at your seat. Maybe you would want to just join me in a posture. You can make your seat an altar and you can kneel right there and you just talk to the Lord. You just tell him what's on your heart. But some of us today, we, we, we need to respond in obedience. So as this song plays, as you pray, maybe you want to join me in a posture that just says, God, I'll obey. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're exactly called, but I'll do it, Lord. I'll, I'll trust you. I'll obey you. As this song sings, would you, would you listen for the voice of the Lord? He's here and he's speaking. 
And, and I'm, I'm praying for you, but, but today maybe you would want to join me in a posture of response. Let's, let's sing these words together. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.